Discover the hidden Israelite ancestry of some of the most powerful nations on earth. Watch as scripture unveils the terrifying future of America and Great Britain as revealed through the sabbatical and jubilee years. Discover the identity of Assyria and its role in this final jubilee cycle. Learn of the pending judgments that are to be soon poured out as a result of transgressing the sabbatical years. Sighted Moon. Those Scots migrated again. They came to what we call New Scotia, Nova Scotia in Canada. They're a hard-headed bunch of people. <laughs> There's the flag of Judah in Israel. It's there right now this day, a blue lion. There's the flag of Scotland, a red lion. There's the uh, crest of the king and queen of England. And there's the royal standard in the middle there with the three lions in it. And Ireland and Scotland are in the crest. Your heraldry tells you who you are and identifies your way back home. Here's a royal lion from the Czech Republic. Which? This one? So here's one that has this emblem on her family. Here's the coat of arms of the former kingdom of Bohemia, another lion. I don't know where this one's from. Just landed on my sheet here. I love this place. I love this place. Here's Lyon, Spain. Norway. Holland. Oops. Yeah, Norway's got the battle axe. What do you see there in Holland? The symbol of the sword. Right there. Right? Everything that you see in here, and notice that the Dutch don't have a crown on it. Interesting. Now the Scottish have taken the crown off. Why? Because the crown got passed on to England in the 1300 by Longshanks, another one of my ancestors. Yeah, I, got, I come from a group of bad people. <laughs> right? Yeah, well. Here's Northern Ireland, another coat of arms. Notice the red hand, the red line on the side. But you notice that none of these animals are chained down like the, like the um, unicorn is. Here's Belgium. Remember Belgium? I'm telling you all these countries that are part of the tribes of Israel. Okay, and remember what I said about Belgium, the royal chalice? You can see it up there in the end of these little sticks or um, staffs that they have there. Macedonia, 1595. Denmark, whoops, here's the three lions. The three lions of Judah with royal crowns on. Here's the royal arms of England. Wales. So what we've now looked at is ancient history that took place before and during and after the Exodus in 1379 BC. 
we got one more thing to do now. We gotta look at it in relative history. Because this is the one you're all familiar with, but you haven't connected the dots. And all I do is connect the dots. It's the favorite thing I used to do on my drive down the floor, play connect the dots. The great nation of Assyria began to have contact with Israel at the Battle of Karkar. Remember I talked about the Battle of Karkar? 853 BC is one of those benchmark years. It was 734, 732 BC. Now see, here's another little thing. Keep in mind here, in, when this started, who invited Assyria to come and fight Israel? Judah. Judah. Why? Because Assyria was giving Judah a hard time. Who sold Joseph into slavery? Judah. What's about to happen in the future? The Americans are going to double cross on the, on the Jews and Welch and the Jews are going to go help in Europe, go for help in Europe. And the Americans are going to be left hanging. Hmm. But here is the depiction of Judah or of Israel being captured, of, of Judah being captured, Zedekiah. This is a black obelisk. I mean, this is Yehu. Okay, this is Shalemazar three records of victory over Ahab's successors Jehu in 841 BC. Another record of Israel's defeat, recorded by the Assyrians. The Assyrians, and this is an important record because the Assyrians would call the house of Omri, and you need to pay attention to this part because this is, you know, all the rest of that's interesting, but this part is important. The house of Omri was called by the Assyrians because they couldn't say Omri because they're Assyrian. They pronounced the bit Kumri, Kumri, the house of Omri. So they said the house of Kumri. Remember, accents play into this. They change how words look like. Bit Kumri. In 745, we have on record that Teglipileser carried away Asher, Issachar, and Zebulun and built cities for them called Zaka, Danaim, Elisana, Abriana, Evesa. And these are Israelite names for the people of Tec that Teclith had conquered. And those cities are recorded in your Bible. In 731, 732 BC, another part of the nation of Israel was laid away as captives. First Chronicles 5.26. So the Elam of Israel stirred up the spirit of Pol, sovereign of Asher, even the spirit of Teglipelezer, sovereign of Asher, and he took the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, okay, remember Manasseh, into exile and brought them to Hala and Harbor and Hara and the river of Gozan unto this day. So there's a map of where they were taken, right here, Gozan, and there's the river, and Hala over here. In 723 BC, the rest of the nation of Israel was led away captive. What I want you to notice is the Madai right here, who are the Medes and the Persians that are already taken form. Here's the Persians down here, but they're up here in, in truth. 2 Kings 17.6, in the ninth year, Hosea, sovereign of Asher, captured uh, Shamron and exiled Israel to, 
to Assyria and settled them in Hala Harbor and the river of Gozan. So the same cities they had been settled in before. The cities of the Medes. From the royal letters dated to 708-707 BC, we have the Israelites being called Gamera because they were living in the land of Gamer. These letters to the king of Assyria also identify these Israelites who had been placed there south of Lake Ermiah. This place where the Israelites had lived called Gamer meant that the Israelites were then called Gamerans. Gamerans. We can also easily deduce the name of Gamer is from the name of Kumri. Remember Bit Kumri? Bit Kumri becomes Gamer. From the royal letters dated 679 BC, Ezra Hardin wrote prayers to the god of Semesaking for advice about the Gamerians and also the Iskusa who were attacking their forces on the borders of the Medes. Where were the Israelites? In amongst the Medes. Some of the Israelites were placed in the land of the Medes, as we've showed you before. So Iskusa is from the word Isaac. And it means Isaac. So we're no longer looking for Israelites. We're looking for Iskusa or Iskusaites and Gamaraites. That's what you should be looking for in your history books to find out who and where the tribes went. The house of Israel is already calling themselves the house of Isaac before the captivity, if we read it here in Amos, and now we see that they are also called Iskusa, a form of the same name. You see there, they call themselves Isaac, the house of Isaac. The Iskusa were called Skuthe, Shuthe, however you want to pronounce that. See, I can't even say these names, and that's the problem we go into different languages. The records of our ancestry is recorded by people that did not speak Hebrew. They spoke Assyrian. And then after that, they spoke Babylonian. And after that, they spoke Persian, and they spoke Mede, and those are the records that we have. And then they spoke Greek, and these records all change the way you pronounce the names. But they're called Saka by the Persians, which means Isaac. Herodias, who is a Greek, tells us that the Persians called the Saka, Sake, Scythians. Now you have another known family in history. So did the ancient Greeks. Another name of them was the Sake. Even the Chinese recognized this people, calling them the Se. Chinese imperial records and even Greek history claim that the Sakasina, originally Scythians, were pushed west and displaced by the Asian tribes. So right now, I've just shown you, different nations around the world are recording the Israelite tribes of Isaac by the name of Scythia, Asaka, or something to that version. After the reign of Sargon II, so now we're moving down our chronology, Sargon II, 721 to 701 BC, remember they went into captivity in 723, so this is only 20 years. Is that going right? Yeah, 20 years. The name Qumri or Qomri is not mentioned by the Assyrian kings anymore. This is when the Gamera become Gimera and are recorded by the Assyrians as living among the Mene. Remember the Mene I showed you on the map is the Medes. A few miles, well there it is, a few miles from the Medes. As we've seen, the names Gimer, Gamara, and Gamera 
our corruptions are Kumri or Komri. Now, you, you know, you guys say this stuff. Say these words and pronounce it. Don't just say it yourself. How would you say these words? How do they sound when you say them? Because that's what this is. It's a, a lesson in phonics. Due to the Assyrian language, and these are all names for the Israelites that the Assyrians took into captivity. The Iskusa, Sake, Saka, Scythians are derived from the Issachar, or the house of Isaac. The Assyrians' name, Gimeraan, is translated into, and that's a hard C, Gimeraan. Isn't that so simple? Now we've just identified where they went. And all we've done now is go 23 years in history. Okay, I see some ahas going on. The lights, are, people are falling asleep. But the other way, I see it. The Assyrians of the time of Ezra Hardon, Ezra Haddon, record campaigning against a people they called the Akkadian, in the Akkadian, the Ashkusa, or the Ishkusa, Ishhuza. It is a record by the Assyrians in the second year of Ezra Haddon, 679 BC. So 723 to 679 BC is what? 50 years. How long is 50? That's World War I or two. That's not that long ago. That the Gemara had risen in rebellion and the Assyrian army pursued and defeated them in the upper Euphrates district. But a large number of Israelites, the Gemara, escaped to the shores of the Black Sea. Now they're migrating. Where after 600 BC, the Lydian king, remember the Lydian king? We talked, that's one of the Trojan kings. Aliates drove them out of Asia Minor, but this time the Greek called these Gemarans Kimeroi. Kimeroi. Say it, Kimeroi. Translated into English as Kimerians. The C is a hard K. The single greatest proof that the Saka, Iskusa, Gemara, Kimmerians, and whatever other spelling of the name that was used are all the same people comes from the Behistun rock in Iran. Everyone who knows about the Bible knows about King Darius, who ascended to the Persian throne in 521 BC, 200 years after the ten northern and most of the rest of the tribes of Israel had been taken into captivity. In Daniel 5.30, Darius the Mede, who was the king who took over after Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was slain. Darius is the king who put Daniel in the lion's den in Daniel chapter 8. But that's about all biblical students know about this king Darius. What you probably don't know is that during the first six years of the reign of King Darius, his army had put down rebellions in various parts of the empire. This included portions of the Scythians, which we now know were those ten tribes of Israel. They have never been lost until the 19th century. They have never been lost until the 19th century. That's when they became lost. They are recorded throughout history. You just don't know what they're called. This is British Israelism. No, it's not. This is biblical history that you can find in any Encyclopedia Britannica once you know what the names are. Do not let somebody blackball this by calling it something that it's not, making it sound bad. 
Darius recorded taking some sakas, S-A-K-K-A-S, prisoners. This record was inscribed on a stone face and forms an important Israelite Scythian archaeological link that no one can deny. And because of its location, no one can destroy it. This is in Iran today. The inscriptions on, are in three languages, Babylonian, Akkadian, Elamite, which is Susian, and Persian. They are chiefly in the cuneiform and wedge-like characters. A young English officer in the Persian army, Henry C. Rawlinson, is given credit for successfully deciphering the old Persian signs. Each language records the exact same event. The inscription is like the, the Rosetta Stone of Egyptian hieroglyphs. Once the la first language is deciphered, the rest came after. The dormant features of the Behistun rock inscriptions is King, is King Darius in royal attire and surrounded by captives. Around the captives are the five main panels, 20 in all. The first panel contains 19 paragraphs, and, and I'm going into detail here because this is important. Listen and understand. 19 paragraphs and 96 lines. Each paragraph commences with the words, I am Darius, the king of kings, the king of Persia. The second panel has 16 paragraphs and 96 lines. Over each figure is a brief history of the man in the tribe he represents. The inscriptions include a list of 23 nations over whom Darius ruled, and named among, the, among these are the Sakas, S-A-K-K-A-S. In both the Persian and Elamite versions of the original word is Saka, S-A-K-K-A. But in Babylonian version, the same people are called Gimera, G-I-M-I-R-I. This is indisputable proof that the Assyrian and Babylonians called the Israelite exiles Gemara, regardless of where they lived. It also proves that a branch of the Gemara called Saka by the Persians had migrated a long way and lived on the eastern edge of the Persian Empire. The eastern edge of the Persian Empire is entering into the Chinese, what we call the Chinese territory today. Look at a map of Iran. So, more proof. And this is where you guys should get excited. Just in case you still need it, the Saka were a branch of the Gemara and therefore the original tribes of Israel is provided by another trilingual transcription found in, at the tomb of Darius in southwestern Persia. This tomb is cut into the face of the cliff of the valley of oh, Nakwas, I can't say it, near the ancient city of Persopolis. Again, the inscription includes a list of the nations over which Darius ruled. This time, the list, he lists three separate groups of people, of groups of the Sakas. King Darius says, By the favor of Ahura Mazda, these are the countries which I seized out of Persia. I ruled over them, they bore tribute to me, and they did what was said to, me, to them by me. They held my law firmly. Media, Elam, Partha, Parthia, Aria, Bactria, Sogdia, Chorasmia, Drangiana, I should have these up there for you to read, Aracosia, Satagadia, Gandhara, India, and the, the, Hame, the Hyoma drinking Scythians, the Amerigian Sakas. 
the, the Scythians, Saka, with pointed caps. Who are the Scythians with pointed caps? We call them Tooks in Canada now, right? Tooks. We don't call them Tooks? Am I not allowed to say Tooks? Man, Tooks, they're Tooks, they're like pointed hats, winter hats. So, the, he, the Heoma, the drinking Scythians. What was one of the things about Joseph and, and his prophecies? They're drunkards. Right? Joseph, Ephraim, the drunkards of Ephraim. Here it is. It's being recorded for you in history. I don't know what Heoma is, but I think it's a drink. Now, these particular drunkards were called Amerigians. Okay, no one's getting an aha moment. Okay, let's carry on. You guys, okay, let's carry on. No, that's, no hold on. Let's carry on because the aha is coming. The Scythian Saka with pointy cap. So there it is, a picture of a Scythian with a pointy cap. That's an Israelite. That's a Canadian Israelite. We still wear those toques today. The emergent Saka is an early version of the word American. Do you see how they're connected? Say the top word to yourself. Say it out loud, just so you can whisper it. Emergent, emergent. Manasseh, let's go a little bit back. We've got to show this to you a little bit better than that. Like I said, I don't just prove it. I try and prove it four different ways if I can. Manasseh, one of the sons of Manasseh was called Makur. Makur is also equal to, in other pronounces, Merakada, Merakanda. You see Canada in the last part of that name? Merikanda. Maruka. And Amerigio. I don't even know how to say that. So when you have an Amerigio, what do you have? Mercia is also another way of saying the same son of Makur, is known to, on the continent of Moringas, the land of Makur, of America. Makur is America. It's a son of Manasseh. Okay, I got goosebumps. I don't know about you, but that's, wow. It is because of listeners like you who have had the foresight to both pray for us and financially support this program that have allowed us to continue to teach others who are still looking for these truths. Because you have paid it forward, many are now able to hear this message and to learn these truths about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles along with the magnificent prophecies that reveal which could only be revealed in these very last days. 
When you support our efforts financially today, we are able to produce more radio and video teachings that help others who are waking up and beginning to look for the God that warned us of these curses that are already happening on the nightly news and of even worse, what is yet to come. You can send your support by going to our support page at www.sidedmoon.com or by mailing checks, bank drafts, or money orders made out to Joseph F. Dumond, P.O. Box 21007, RPO, 151st Street, Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, L9W-S30. On behalf of those yet to be called, we thank you for helping us get this end-time warning out.